Good afternoon, everybody. Well, today's date is um, 28th. I had to double check. Um, July 28th, 2020. Um, well, I had an opportunity to kind of sit back and I, um, I was journaling, journaling a little bit and um, decided to hit, hit the record button. Um, had some real serious thoughts in my mind about behavioral health um, and thought you would love to hear it. You know, we talk about, you know, how can we take behavioral health to the next level? Um, you know, the previous podcast spoke about um, helping people or you aligning yourself to help your employees to have a self-worth about themselves as well as you personally having self-worth or self-awareness. And something triggered me based upon um, some movement in my career. Um, You know, when I say movement is um, at this particular point in my career, I'm actually looking at um, upward mobility and how do I get there? But on the same token, I'm in a situation um, or in the crises of the pandemic. So being being in line with the customer and the patients of understanding and identifying what they are thinking about and where they are. And the self, self-awareness is really pivotal and is key. So let me let me bring you to the table for a second to help align where I'm going with the first part of this segment. I had a conversation today and um, the conversation was a very jovial, happy conversation. The customer was speaking about future plans. Future plans on when he or she get back in the community what they will be doing. So encouraging words will always, you know, what I've learned is we have to encourage each other, but we have to be honest with the encouragement. It goes back to when you're building healthy relationships and one of the dividing things about healthy relationships that we really pinpoint in behavior health is that trust card. And the trust card is based upon that if you're engaging in conversation towards treatment with the customer or the patient, one has to trust you. Now, just to give you a a backdrop of that, if if you are a new listener, I'll give you this example. Now, the last time you went to a doctor, let's say a dentist appointment, and, that, and your assistant came in and asked you a few questions and all of a sudden they're cleaning your teeth. And the teeth cleaning 
it's a little harsh, meaning that, you know, the instrumentation that is going in your mouth is hurting you a little bit. The person is not speaking with you. And after the, the dental hygienist, the technician leaves the room, the physician comes in the room and says, well, hey, uh, Mr. Thompson, um, you know, everything's looking well. Um, um, you know, hey, I'll see you six months from now. And that was it. They out the door. Now, how would you feel? You know, well, let me give you another example. You're at a restaurant and, you know, you're out with the family, you order some food and the food comes to the table and it's totally different from what you ordered. What would be your response? Pretty sure your, your response would be, um, I didn't order this and you need to get the, you need to bring out the things that we ordered. Or some of you may say, well, hey, I need to speak to the manager because this, this, this service sucks. So case in point, you know, you want to receive the best service possible. And when you receive the best service possible, that opens the door for if you're the customer, returning back to that establishment. If you're the patient, that opens the door for you embracing the treatment that is being offered to you. So, like I said, the conversation went very well, but the customer said something that I identify with and I held on to, and that's the reason I'm recording now. Said somebody said to him or her that they were not going to make it. They'll, they'll be right back in about a few months. And, you know, my response was, you know, hey, at the end of the day, you make the decision if you return. It's not about somebody talking down to you. They, they probably were. I can't, I can't speak for that person, but I can only speak through my lens and say that we make our decisions. We make our choices. And the choices that we make oftentimes represent the places that we will go or the decisions that we make will be the consequences that are given. And the reflection part was that saying, if we or if I tailor this conversation to the embitterment or to model the proper communication channels between employee to patient is we have to take inventory of the things we say. Now, on the personal side, let me, you know, let me switch it a little bit that you can follow where we're going and why it, why it is important that we fine tune our communication and the things we say and behavior health. Again, we're working with human beings. We're working with human beings that have different type of psychosis, different, a different, uh, really at the end of the day, the person is dealing with a mental illness and everybody's mental illness is totally different. It's not the same. It'd be similar, but it's not the same. Everybody's different. So, I remember a few choice words that was thrown at me. One word was, during the time I was seeking 
an opportunity to grow. I was told, well, no, you got to stay. You're going to, you know, hey, you can apply for anything that you want. But the reason I have you in that area is because you're the strongest person there. Now, I'm going off tangent a little bit. Let me just help you to just filter where I'm going with this. As a person who's eager to grow in an organization and someone or someone or a higher up or an executive tells you, well, it's multiple jobs to apply for. I know that you already meet the criteria. I know that you've already have done the job, but I need you or I feel that the area that you're in, you're the strongest person. How do you think that would make an employee feel? Now, I don't want you to personalize it, but what I want you to do is dissect it. Pull the layers back. Pull the layers off the onion. Peel the peel off the banana for a second. And mentally place yourself in that physical state. What would you think? Some of you may say, well, hey, well, you know, he has an opportunity. He's the strongest person there, so he can build on he can build on that. Some of you may be saying, well, man, you, you guess you reach your plateau. Man, he's not going to grow anymore. Others, you may say, well, hell with it, man. Let me find another job. All those responses are right. Now, when you think about that a, f- a step further on being in this field, and if you have an employee that you've told that, and they are frustrated, and they're speaking to the customer in their frustrating tone, meaning not necessarily tone, but the responses are not positive responses, what does that do? It's a domino effect. That domino effect will affect not only the employee, it will affect the customer or what we would say the patient as well. Also, it can affect the team members that employee works with. So, the point of the earlier part of this segment as we drive through and drive deeper into this segment, I want you to place emphasis on the importance of communication and the importance of understanding the words that are being used. I want you to think about it the words that are being used. Now, as you're thinking about the words that we use, I want you to think about words 
that we normally communicate as acknowledgement. It can be utilized as affirmation as well. Acknowledgement and affirmation. Now, as you, as we get deeper, you know, the dictionary defines the word as a unit of language consisting of one or more spoken sounds on their written representation that functions as a principal carrier of meaning. Words are usually separated by spaces in, in, in writings, but also words are normally separated based upon our feelings. Our feelings. Now, I'll stop there. It's very short, but I'll stop there because the sole purpose of me stopping is for you to digest what I just said. Good morning, everybody. Had a quick thought since we're at the table. And um, it goes back to words. The words that we say can be impactful. So let me give you this right quick. If you're listening at the table, let's let's hit it like this. Cheers. The U.S. is known as what? The U.S. is known based upon the number one industrial places in the U.S. or in America. Or, you know, you know what I'm getting at. But looking at different countries versus the U.S. The words, when we, when we think about words, you have to think about the culture of how or how those words will be received. Now, I just said the U.S. is known for being number one in the industrial community. What if? What if? Well, let me say this. Before I say what if, if I am corrected, is the U.S. the only country that doesn't have universal health care? Now, I'll do my research, but... I'm asking you as my listeners, are we the only country that does not provide universal health care? Now, what if when we talk about patient safety being the number one component of saving lives, what if the pandemic of COVID-19 forces the way new ways of how we should be thinking again I'm speaking to you on the behalf of patients in the behavioral health community 
when they're asking for help and we are choosing the right words, we hope the right words, what would be the offsetting issue if that becomes a long-term effect? If in the behavioral health world, gaining an opportunity to provide universal health care based upon new issues that can arise during short-term, long-term, after the pandemic ends. Now, again, I was just coming from the shoulder saying that if you're at the table, just think about that question for a second. The words that I've just used with you, what would be your interpretation? All right. Since you're able to melt on that, um, those last, that last paragraph, the last sentence, the last word. I want to hit you again with um, something to think about when we're talking about words and behavioral health for things that we, the words that we use in the mindset. Um, Let's replay that for a second. The words that we use can change a person's mindset. Now, let's listen to this motivational um, motivational person and I think anytime we're in behavior health we have to as I said when we we have to be mindful and we have to choose our words correctly because they can be very impactful to anyone who you use those words with myself accordingly I gave you an example of how someone told me and I would feel in the peak of my career that Basically, how I interpret it, you have reached your plateau. You're not moving. You're not going to grow. You will not grow. If you're, if you will grow, it won't be here. That's impactful to an employee or, again, I'm that employee. I'm speaking about myself right now. And we wonder, we wonder and I'm, I'm going to talk about self for a second because the gravity of this, this particular segment, I want you as my listeners to grab. If we don't have people or if we are not the people to grow others, how can we be in behavioral health in trying to grow our patients? All right, let me say that again. If we can't grow ourselves, how can we reduce the length of stay? Now, every morning, every morning I listen to something. Well, most mornings, have to be honest, most mornings, I attempt to listen to something that's motivational to me. Because the people that I connect with, the customer, the patient, 
my peers, my colleagues. My mindset daily is to encourage them, even that I may be down. But if I'm encouraging them, that means I'm encouraging myself. And our thinking has to change. And also on a personal level, we have to remove, we have to start removing executives who are not willing to grow the people around them. If they're stuck in their own world, in which, don't get me wrong, every CEO has to have an understanding of where they're taking their company. Don't get me wrong. But every CEO, in order to propel and grow a company, you have to grow others in the company. You're not the sole person to grow a company. You may have all the smarts, but if you're not, if it's not a sole, meaning that one person is running the company, that one person is doing all the work, you can't do it alone. It's a team effort. It's a team effort. And a team effort has to be involved when we are talking or we are embracing why behavioral health is important. Why is it important to move our clients, our customers, our patients in the right direction? So let me get off self. And I, I, I think this is very intriguing. I thought it was very insightful to kind of bring this at home. And I'm gonna, I, I, you know, this is something I listen to um, that brings a lot of motivation to me, and I, um, I've, I've um, listened to it quite a few times. And I want you to, I want you to think about something because as we change our mindsets, we must change our mindsets in order to grow others around us, ourselves, as well as our patients. It's important to think about certain things. But take a take a take a listen to this and credit to the authors or the speakers, um, um, Mr. Miles, Les Brown, Dr. Miles. And um, again, I just want to get a credit to the author because it's not my work. But these works have been a tool that I have used to grow myself and to grow others around me. Now, why with, why do they respect the lion? Why do we respect the frontline employee? Why do we even respect the executive? People, when we're in these roles, that's why I make it a valid point through each podcast is if you have invited people to the table, it's important. What makes these massive animals respect such a small cat? He's not the tallest, not the strongest, not the smartest, not the heaviest, not the most intelligent, but yet he runs things. That- and he runs things. 
Now, let's break it down. Let's break it down for a second. Doesn't matter where you are. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to let you hang on that for a second. Because the lion has something that we need to capture. The attitude is the difference. For example, a lion will see an elephant and the thing that comes to his mind, one word, lunch. Now the elephant is 10 times the size of the lion, probably 50 times heavier and has more power. One stomp of his feet could destroy the lion. But when the lion sees the elephant, he doesn't look at size and weight and strength and power. He looks at lunch. I can eat this thing. And he acts the way he thinks. You see, the size is not the problem. The weight of the elephant is not his concern. What makes him act is the way he thinks. And because he thinks he can eat the elephant, he attacks it. The elephant is larger, bigger, stronger, more powerful, heavier, and more intelligent. And yet when the elephant sees the lion, he thinks that he is lunch. The elephant is controlled by the way he thinks. Therefore, his size, his weight, his power, his might, his authority is a victim of the way he thinks. It doesn't matter how big you are, how intelligent you are, how many degrees you get. It's your mind that keeps you small. And it doesn't matter how small you are or how unintelligent you may seem to be or how much you don't have. It's your mind that keeps you small. Attitude. Romans chapter number 12, verses 1 and 2. Says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, renewing of your mind. That's heavy, but it's so deep. When we channel those thoughts, those conversations, or when we are all at the table, doesn't matter how big you are that title take that title off remember what i said you we don't have to we don't have to shine our badge or deflect our badge in others eyes everybody's at the table for a reason and everybody should be at the table for a reason but if you're that one that as I gave an example, speaking to the customer and the patient and saying that, hey, you're going to be right back here. Or if you're going to be that one to say, well, you reached your plateau. Who has stopped thinking? Who? And what happens is when you are not encouraging it becomes dark for everyone else. Everyone else starts to sleep. And when everybody else starts to sleep, normally organizations, doors close. Normally what happens is employees go elsewhere. Normally what happens are patients are not getting the best help possible
and I and I and, and I'll wrap that up and say, you know, again, as my as you or my listeners, I want to again express the importance of why we're in this field and why we have to change our thinking. When we're changing those thinking habits, staffing is improving. The product that we give improves. It goes back to the Lean Six Sigma. I didn't get the green belt for anything. I'm using it. We are in this field because this is our gift. Many of us, even the ones that are just teetering the fence, it's important on the words that we use and the mindsets that we instill. Everyone has a good mindset because once you are in this field, you want to help. And we have to curve the the understanding of why you want to help. It goes back to those five whys. It goes back to those five whys. And I have it, it's so much energy right now in this room. I, I got to hit this one and, 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 and for you to really grab on all this energy for a second. For you, it will work for the patient. Before I start, I'm going to take time and um, as you're thinking about some of the things that were mentioned earlier. I'd like to take time out to just take a peaceful time and give credit or pay tribute to the brother Lewis, John Lewis, the U.S. Supreme Court. He's a brother that I'm linked to with Phi Beta Sigma Incorporated. Also with this tribute, thinking about some of my athletes, sports athletes around the world. And one athlete that I would like to connect based upon our conversation here at the table. And it revolves teamwork and a late tribute to John McEnroe and his father. As you connect why I chose this name is based upon him losing his father based upon the airline.
good morning everybody i want to go ahead and close this podcast out well this segment of this podcast had some powerful things that happened to me this past week one of the things is reconnecting to some of the ground roots of community culture When I look at things that transpired, you look at, and I look at things as what has been a part as we pay tribute to a brother that we sent to heaven. We sent a brother that showed in a very artistic form of what or why it is important to help people to understand that we are one community. We are a community based upon how we see, see life. If we go down back to Maslow, hierarchy of needs, and when Maslow talks about the safety and security, communities, you will find good communities thriving off that concept. And Brother Lewis, John Lewis, from Phi Beta Sigma Incorporated, Blue Phi, but connecting all those things on why it is important when we come to the table And we speak about important issues and we speak about how we can move people along, meaning we move people along in rank. We move people along in connecting professional, healthy relationships. We push people along, meaning our customers to feel how important it is to keep moving forward, moving forward in a manner that we connect on the relationship part. We connect on relationships. We connect on how we talk to people. So if you bring all these things back together in essence of saying, okay, if I tell a customer that they will return, the impact of that communication displays a division of community again I have to go back to John Lewis yes it was a lot of things and in, in symbolic things of helping people to understand no matter your tone of your skin because it's really pigment it's pigmentation everybody's the same Everybody's the same. In behavioral health, we have to look at each, everyone that we see is the same. The individual's different in whatever, in various capacities, but at the end of the day, everyone is the same. So it's important to really wallow. I hope that was a good word, but what I visually 
the word the reason I chose that word because I want you to visually see it as you just you're plopping some paint in the middle of a canvas board and as you move that brush in a circular fashion what it does is mix things together blended conversation the communication has to be blended when communication is blended we will ultimately see the bridge of active listening direct communication soft skills all those things and more wrapped up into one so you may be saying well Lord, where are you going where are you going with this well what where I'm going with this is first people that you're inviting to the table are just like or how we say a company an organization, a hospital. If we are that hospital or that behavioral health community, we have to blend and mix our conversations. Conversations that are tailored to that individual, that environment, the cultural values and a sense of self-awareness. If those things don't connect to you on eye level, if they don't connect to, if they don't connect with your eye level, then you have an opportunity. If you are open to understand the meaningful part of the things that we say the words that we use can be very important to the listener and if I wrap this up it goes back to when I gave you an example, I gave you the example of the patient and if I give you an example of self if someone tells you or doesn't tell you because they, you know, we speak more non-verbal versus verbal if someone has made you feel based upon their style of communication that it's a possibility or you have reached your plateau Meaning that no plateau is ever reached if we strive to set additional platforms, additional ways how we move people. It's a bigger, it's a bigger issue than you or anyone else. In behavioral health, if we're thinking about effective communication or the importance of communication or being self-aware of communication 
we should always be building. We should always be building. If it's creating different platforms for employees to grow, to keep that mindset, or if it's speaking to the customer and, and speaking to the customer on things that are positive, building them up. Meaning if I, my goal is to get this person to talk about their achievements, why is it important for them to be discharged? What's the significance of this discharge? Meaning this person has applied themselves. They have grown to understand the things that they have seen. And they sit back and say, wow, I'm ready. And then in response, you say, well, you are ready. You have a story to tell. Write your story. But if we deflect our communication and we forget how important communication is, then we will say, you'll return. Only time you will need somebody to return and if they're giving more than they've given before. It's all about mixing, understanding community, having open dialogue, being self-aware. Being self-aware can paint something that is better than Picasso something that is played better than Beethoven and something like this podcast that can change a community at a time one environment at a time can be changed one environment at a time one environment at a time good morning everybody well I was going through some of my notes and noticed um, that I gotta have some closure to this particular segment of this podcast um and one of the things that I thought about was where we left off at, about that communication, mixed communication. And if you were listening, and I have to apologize because when I re-listened to see the formatting or hear the formatting of um, the earlier sound bites, I noticed was a fluctuation in speech seems like I was moving around the microphone was doing this and that um, and which it was and I chose not to re-edit it because for me it gave me a more of a firmer foundation about the things that we say the mixed communication how it can be how it can be positive how it could be negative, how it could be misunderstood. And when we're misunderstood or 
if the person takes that information and that information goes in different directions, those directions are the example if I told a patient, if the patient was told or the customer was told, well, you're going to be right back. No form of extra motivation to the person. The person is feeling like, oh, I'm already defeated. They're already, they're, they're expecting me to return. Or when I place myself in the conversation itself and someone doesn't give that honest feedback about growth or opportunity to give more based upon achievements, how it can make one feel. And I also brought all that together to give tribute to uh, a brother, a brother from Phi Beta Sigma Incorporated, who the late Senator John Lewis. And we connected that to the sports community. And one of the people that I mentioned in the sports community was John McEnroe. The reason I mentioned John McEnroe is I thought about him and his father because I was thinking about my father. And John McEnroe lost his father based upon an airline. An airline impacting or flying into his home. Not on purpose, but by accident. And if you read some of the commentary or the research revolving or evolving why that flight went off course, it talks about, the manuscript talks about the team not being in sync. We're often told that the leader is the person that we report to and that's the person that we don't second guess and in that cockpit you had you had leaders who were flying that plane with other people with people aboard that were afraid to speak up speaking up That's something John Lewis did every day. So you may be asking, well, Lord, where are you going with all this? Well, where I'm going with it is, again, our podcast is the the, the embodiment of helping people understand the behavior health world and the things that we must do as leaders, managers, frontline, nursing, doctors, PCP, psychiatrist, you name it, whatever category you want to place. But in a nutshell, everyone whom is at the table and those who are not necessarily at the table, they're waiting to get at the table. Why the conversation is important. Mental illness does not discriminate at all. Now, the reason I said it doesn't discriminate, you think about the tribute to my brother, John Lewis. This young man was hit in the back of the head with a blunt object based upon a 
moving or trying to achieve a movement on helping people to understand that we are all the same. Our pigment of our skins does not distinguish to say one population is better than the other. Now, let me redefine that. We're not all the same, meaning each individual is different. They are made up of different qualities, different values. But what I'm getting at is we are equal. We are human beings. So that's when I say we're all the same because we're human. We're human beings. Doesn't matter, matter about the pigmentation of our skin. But mental illness doesn't discriminate. John Lewis is hit in the back of the head with a blunt object. His skull fractured. His skull had fractured. Now, let's think about that for a second. Somebody who was fighting for their rights was hit in the back of the head. Skull was broken open. They didn't pass away. They lived. They lived until 2000, well, 2020. 2020, Brother Lewis lived up to. The question should be now, since you're at the table, how much depression did he go through? Did John deal with depression every day of his life? What type of meds were he on? How did you how did John move himself to be not only an icon, but how did John achieve the things that he achieved? We may say, well, he had the support system. Oh, he was smart. All those things can be above. They can all be true, yes. But the core question is, what did not stop John? What did not stop Brother Lewis from seceding? He was re-traumatized every day. That's just my opinion, folks. But you would think about if I was fighting or he was fighting and I'm fighting as well for not being suppressed. Somebody telling me or possibly telling me that I've reached my plateau or somebody not pointing the finger in the right direction saying, hey, I I feel you have those qualities You can grow. You can do so much more. Keep applying yourself. When I say applying myself, don't say, well, apply for those jobs that you've already done. But John applied himself and John lived trauma every day. And one of the traumas he lived every day was the openness about racism. The openness about racism. So you think about if you place racism on a card, but now you place a mental illness on the card. 
the cards is, the cards are still being dealt. People that whom have been diagnosed with some type of mental disorder oftentimes live with that until the day they die. Most times. Only times they're not living with it is they have kept it secret. They have kept it secret. That's the only thing I could think about or say that it could be true. You guys may say it could be some other reasons, but I think I I say personally for myself, the most important reason is keeping it to themselves and keeping it hidden because our perceptions and things that we say can be very detrimental to the person. So why not keep it to themselves? It's important, guys. It's important while we're in this field to understand the true meaning of being traumatized, the true meaning of being re-traumatized. Our words, our words that we use can re-traumatize a person in a heartbeat. It's important. So I say all I have to say to everyone. Our communication, our communication is important. The things that we say are important. Be mindful of the things that you do say or don't say. Those things or those words can send people to the left, to the right, to the back. But we hope is sending them forward, meaning that if we're saying the important things, I won't say the right things because we're not always right, but we want to be, we want to say the important things, the important words that help people to understand that we're equal we're important and we care about each other based upon our actions and our presence the reason I said presence because if you're at the table you should be present And we're all at the table. We all should be at the table. Again, a tribute to Brother John Lewis, the sports community, and anybody, everyone. that has provided the needed resources to move behavioral health to the next chapter.